Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Hey, do you all like Scooby-Doo? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I th- there are many forms of Scooby-Doo. I, I don't really... That's. There's a great new Scooby-Doo movie out. Scoob? Well, Scoob is great, but that's not the one I'm talking about. There's Which one are you talking Happy about? Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo. I would highly recommend it. Is, All right. Okay. Is it animated? Is it live action? It's animated. It looks more like the old style animation. Okay. Uh, it has special guest star Elvira. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Feels, feels like a real throwback Scooby-Doo where they would have like random special guests, you know, mm-hmm. in, on the show. Uh, Elvira's on there. And also... Featuring uh, the Scarecrow from Batman. Okay. Like the bad guy, the Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. Then we, like, like, wait, like, just just the character or like Cillian Murphy? Cillian Murphy oh, as the Scarecrow okay. from Batman as the Scarecrow. Like, it, apparently Scooby-Doo and Batman exist in the same universe. That's a, that's a crossover. This, I in don't this movie, need. the Scarecrow has, has escaped from Arkham. And is there. Huh. This happens. I'm trying to process this this same world. I've never considered those worlds existing in one. Wait, but that mm-hmm. means but if Scooby Doo can talk, can all dogs in the Batman universe communicate? Uh, hmm. I don't think all dogs in the Scooby Doo universe can communicate. Well, but then again, because there are so many um, like <laughs> characters in the Batman universe that are mutated by some sort of horrible like industrial act- accident, is Scooby Doo in fact a superpowered dog? Well, Scoob would make you think that. <laughs> if you've seen Scoob, if we consider this all canon, it's all canon. <laughs> Scooby Doo. I don't. I is, there. There are not two Scooby Doo storylines. <laughs> is descended from. I don't remember a famous dog <laughs> with powers. What famous dog with powers, Sydney? Uh, it's somebody who can open the gate to the underworld, and there's gold there. It's so Scooby Doo's like, a demon? It's no. Like, wait, like no. like the like the like what is Cerebus? Maybe I know there was. <laughs> is he one of the heads of the three-headed dog that just like is having a wacky adventure like Earthside, and then he's gonna go back? To heck! What? What? Are, Scooby-Doo, what Astro, and Pluto. <laughs> no, 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 no. And Airbuds in there too. Marmaduke's got to be in there too. Marmaduke is a dog, These but he the, acts like a person. So wait, we've got Scooby-Doo, Marmaduke. Wait, Airbud. Airbud's got to be in there. Are you <laughs> telling me that Airbud's not important? <laughs> These are the three heads of the dog that guard the gates to oh, heck. Wait. What about Balto? Oh, but he's such a nice dog. He's he's part wolf though. I don't know. What are some more famous <laughs> dogs you'd like to talk about? Um, uh, what about Brian from Family Guy? <laughs> this is a very bad famous dog podcast I that we've know. made. I think we just started a. This is a great beginning to a fanfic where you're you you're at the gates of heck. And and their greeting you is is Airbud Marmaduke and Scooby Doo as a three headed dog. Beast. 
This is obviously impossible as all dogs go to heaven. We know this. But then why is there a three-headed dog in heck? (laughs) (sighs) I have no answers. It's like it's a choose your own adventure where you pick the three dogs and then the story just takes you wherever those dogs. Listen, here is my thing. I'm just saying that at one point, Fred talks about how good he is at traps and like takes his shirt off and starts building rudimentary traps. This seems on brand for Fred. And he still wears his ascot, of course. (laughs) And uh Velma trips on Scooby snacks with Shaggy and Scooby in order to enter her mind palace. It's also like very pro science. Well, okay. I just I think everyone should watch this movie. Okay, is that what well, uh, well, no, that's not what we're talking about. I just wanted to tell everybody that listen, when you have kids and it's Halloween time, the kind of movies that you get to watch on a regular basis are a little different. Mm -hmm. And any kind of new kids Halloween movie that comes out that you haven't already seen a thousand times, like Spookly the Square Pumpkin, is greatly appreciated. And I am just saying, Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo is a fine film. I'll I'll watch that. Uh Sounds good. I have the, I have made my persuasive argument. Is this is this a paid sponsorship that we should be aware of? No, no. But if Scooby Doo wants to pay me, well, will you sponsor? They will sponsor you. You will know. advertise for this film. I don't hi, know. I'm, <laughs> I, hi, I'm Doctor McElroy. Brought to you by Scooby Doo. I'll be your doctor today. <laughs> I don't know, Sid. If the, the the deep lore that you've just invented is true, I do not wish to mess with this undying heck god Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on there with Scooby Doo. If all this is true, there's listen. There's a lot going on with Scooby Doo generally. My kids are into Scooby-Doo right now. I've watched a lot of iterations of Scooby-Doo and various... That's interesting for two kids who don't like real dogs. (laughs) They (laughs) They love Scooby-Doo. They love (laughs) Scooby-Dooby-Doo. I shouldn't say they don't like them. They're very scared of them. That's true, yes. Well, Well, there's a big dog in um, another movie. There you go. And it's also part human, like the Dark Lord Scooby-Doo, and that's Twilight. (laughs) Now, uh, what I need you to do is see Scooby-Doo, Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo, and then compare it to Twilight um, in a series of essays. Please. I will write an essay. Thank you. I, it's got to be be. It's got to be better. So what did you, Taylor, I am oh, so excited to hear I know. your first viewing ever of Twilight. Okay. What did you think? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface my opinion with saying this. Uh, I do if, if it brings you joy, if you like it, that is good. Anything that, that you enjoy and, and makes you happy and it's your fandom, my opinions don't matter. I have my own fandoms. That's fine. Uh, for me, personally, I, I have... I can't... I can't I, I've been trying to figure out why I did not like these movies so much. Uh, and I think I, I think I can kind of... Uh, crystallize what it is personally for me that I find so offensive about the Twilight franchise. Okay. These are the most 
aggressively heterosexual vampires <laughs> I have ever seen brought to film. They That's are, fair. They are that- wearing goth at leisure. I cannot. <laughs> the, and these are beautiful actors. Like, these are attractive people. But mm-hmm. the, the haircuts and the... The I don't I just the costuming I have never just like I I kept looking for a character and and okay there's like uh what uh Aziraphale uh the uh Michael what's his name the the head vampire from Italy the the main guy. yes mm-hmm. okay I of I, the Volturi I could drive with him that was cool every moment he was on screen I was like yes whatever you're doing I'm I'm happy but mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever this is yeah <laughs> just, I'm into it you're like a creepy child but you're also murderous i i like it all this is what i want for my vampires please give me more can he come back i will watch a whole show just about him uh but everything else i just like it's like oh everything about vampires it's just like it's it's kind of gay and it's sexy and it's dangerous and these are just like let's play baseball <laughs> oh <laughs> this is that is very true that it is a way of saying like you know, the thing about vampires that I find <laughs> makes them inappropriate for young people isn't the um, surviving on the blood of humans thing. It's how sexy they are. <laughs> <laughs> what could we do to make them a little less sexy and a little more L.L. Bean? <laughs> but do... I mean, why baseball then? Is there a sexier sport that they could have played? Is there a sexier sport than baseball? You just well, that's asked what I'm that, saying. that Are, question. Well, that mean, that insinuates that you think baseball is like, it's not an, a non-sexy sport, but it's not the sexiest sport. It, I, I, I think that, I think that if in my vampire fantasy, there was very little sporting going on, I think, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't fencing? know that I've ever... Fencing. Yeah. I'd like, fencing? I, fencing could be what my vampires could do. I can't think of any other sports <laughs> that I, I want to see my vampires do. Curling? <laughs> you think curling is sexier than baseball, objectively? There is, like, the crouching. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing sexier than a good vampiric crouch. And, like, uh, the aggressive <laughs> sweeping that they do. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how curling yeah. works exactly. You know, it is I, quite vigorous. I, I I can't I, I I don't know I'm sure there's there's got to be a sexy sport out there. It just seemed like these stories were thinking. written by somebody that didn't allow themselves to to like like there was no understanding of what it's the deeply repressed what sexy might be in this story. It's just I don't know I don't know. The whole thing. It just felt like a weird self-insertion fanfic that somehow got made into giant blockbuster films. And, yeah. You know, okay, here's... I will say this. My recollection, and it's been a while since I've read the books, but I feel like the books get sexier. Is that right? The books do get sexier. Because... Because there was a time where I tried to start reading the books when you were also reading the books, Mm -hmm. and I forgot that, like, you were a whole adult while I was still a child, and I had to stop reading the books and pick them up again when I was in high school. Because they were too sexy. They were too sexy for me. I was, like, 12, and I was like, I don't enjoy reading this. I would like to not read this. It's not, like, inappropriate. It's just, you know. No, I mean, there's a... So in the books, like, they're very descriptive. How many of the movies did you watch? Because we're going to focus on the first, but what do you... I watched them all. 
Oh, oh no. No, I've watched You didn't them have all. to do this to I, yourself. I had to know. And it I had to know. I don't know what I had to know. Uh but it just, well, you know it now. I know it. I know it now. I mean, but that's the thing. There, there are sex scenes in the movie. And okay, I should say that the, the problem with the movie is not that it's not sexy in the right ways for me. That's not <laughs> fair to say. Uh, no. But I will say, I'm not uncomfortable at sex scenes. And I was deeply uncomfortable in everything pertaining to actual sex in these movies. That's fair. Like, well, they, I mean... It's it is. It's a so this this jumps way ahead in the story and we'll try to focus mainly on the the first movie. Sorry, yes. We don't have the, to keep talking about the sexiness of these movies. No, but it's like, very important, Taylor. I these think, movies are about vampires, so it's like an integral part of their whole being. I think what you're getting get at though. I think what you're getting at though is what makes it uh what made it probably hard for some people is and, it, and this is carried through from the beginning. So in the very first film or the book, whatever, we understand this relationship between Bella, our main character, who's supposed to be like, I realized this upon rewatch, she trips a few times in the movie, which is your sign that she's just so clumsy. Um, <laughs> so clumsy. She's so clumsy. It's adorable. Um, she's clumsy and frail. She's just a human. I mean, like, that's the whole thing. She's human. But uh, Edward is a vampire, so he's, like, super fast and super strong and super hot and um, at not really technically hot. He's actually really cold. Because he's dead. Because he's dead. He sparkles in the sunlight. Um, how did you... How was that not gay? But they made straight glitter. I'm a... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it is, There's a lot it that is can a be very, interpreted there. <laughs> it is a weird... It is, I will say, now that you say that, like, that scene as I was watching it, I was like... Man, it's a weird scene. Man, it plays so weird. Yeah. Like, and I was into these books, but this still plays weird to me. Why? And it's because it's a very straight glitter scene, and you don't see those a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying that straight people can't glitter. It just felt like there was a big sign that's like, this is not for you to like. Not straight person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is purely heterosexual glitter. Let's have but, Jacob tear his shirt off one more time and talk about girls. <laughs> but they, but they, <laughs> but they like, so they they set up this relationship between the two of them because that's the whole. In case you haven't seen Twilight or aren't aware, please somehow. give us the premise. Bella is a yes. teenage girl <laughs> who moves to the cloudiest place in the country, <laughs> Forks. Forks. Forks, and is. And falls in love with a young vampire, except he's not young because he's a vampire, but he looks young because he's eternally 17. He's 17 again. Yes, forever. Edward. And um, the relationship almost cannot be because he is, he's a demon, is what he says. This mm -hmm. is, And so he can't, but then he can't help himself. He falls for her. And they fall in love. And then she almost gets eaten by this other vampire who loves to hunt. You know, some people just love to hunt. But not... Those not these good vampires. No, these good vampires are vegetarians in that they eat animals. <laughs> yeah, they're no, they're just they're just yuppies with hunting licenses. Okay. They said, I love that they say we're vegetarians. We only eat animals. It's like, well, you mean you don't eat humans? Is yeah. the thing that's not doesn't mean you're vegetarian. And uh, and then at the at the very end of the film, of course, Bella is not killed by the bad vampire the bad vampire is killed by edward and the other good vampires and they love each other 
But then there are more films. There are more films. Werewolves are part of it. <laughs> the werewolves are part of part it. Part of it. <laughs> um, and they the werewolves don't like the vampires. No. The, they're like... They're natural enemies, apparently. Yeah. Of the cold ones. Like the sharks and the jets, except werewolves yes, and vampires. Yes. They uh, do dance against each other. And... <laughs> And part of the problem with his relationship is that because Edward is like, he has superpowers, um, basically, like he might accidentally hurt Bella. Mm -hmm. uh, Because, well, at first he wants to drink her blood very badly, but he doesn't, but he does, but he doesn't. Right. Um, But also he might just like hold her hand too tightly (laughs) and smash it. (laughs) Oops. You know, because he doesn't, he can't control his mighty vampire strength you'd think after all these years he'd have gotten some tips and tricks and figured out how to control those things it's a it's i think that storyline scene played out on screen gets kind of rough because like i i might hurt you and i'm telling you how much i might hurt you and that's a weird like your teenagers in love and this is weird to see play yeah. you know what i mean like it mm-hmm. It smacks of things we don't want to see. Like, oh, could you please stop telling her how much you could hurt her? And also early when she saw you totally stop that car with your arm and she was like, I saw you stop that car. And you were like, no, I didn't. That's gaslighting, Mm man. What? Right? Yeah. And he he stalks her. He like follows her around. He knows what she's doing. He watches her sleep. There's a lot like that's why. Look, I everybody's allowed their their fantasy that's fine and i i get because the thing is i mean i i don't want to jump ahead here but i'm aware that the 50 shades of gray film franchise and and books are based off of fan fiction that started from twilight that is true Mm -hmm. yes i I get it because it all feels the same void it's just like ah you can read about this but real life this is bad uh and it's it's that same thing it's like correlating correlating sex and violence it's something that happens in the horror genre a lot, but specifically here where you have a young underage, like teenage girl and this ancient creature that's been alive for a long time. He might look like a 17 year old boy, but he's old and it is implicit in the relationship that the sexiness comes from the danger of him losing control and hurting her is the opposite of hot to me. And I think it speaks to a certain amount. Like if that's your thing, that's your thing. And I will not, take issue with it but i might worry about the fact that that's your thing because i think it comes from a bad place culturally that that's anybody's thing and it and i mean i feel like they try to uh soften that throughout the storyline with the idea that like edward is this gentleman who insists (laughs) upon marriage because he is from the early the olden days from a different time yes um when you threaten a girl into marriage yeah first <laughs> no but like he but like they try to soften it that way and with the idea that like he truly does not want to hurt her he truly wants to marry her and love her forever or whatever and he doesn't even want to turn her into a vampire because he thinks that ultimately he's doomed to go to heck because he's a vampire and Meets he doesn't want and me <laughs> and marbaduke and Airbud. <laughs> And he, d- he doesn't want that fate to befall be- his beloved Bella. Can that be a new way of like, if you're like, oh, that that's a bad person. That person's destined for Scooby-Doo, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Scooby-Doo. Sorry, go ahead. 
But I, and so I think they try to like deal with that. And then of course, by the time that Bella, spoilers, by the time she gets turned into a vampire, like, like you didn't know that was going to happen. Um, then it's like, now they're on equal footing. They're both capable of murder, but (laughs) yeah, so we're fine. Uh, but yes, I think it's hard. I think it was hard in the books, but it was harder to see played out on screen. And I think her youth makes like the fact that this character is 16 when it starts or 17, 16, 16 17, 17, 17, 17, probably underage. Yeah. yeah, I think that makes it harder to watch play out. And yes, I agree with all those. And I, I understand that there are people who are like, come on, it's fantasy. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I know. And when it comes to vampire fiction, like you're always going to have this weird stuff when vampires and humans are making out with like, how old is that vampire now? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's always going to be part of the unfortunate conversation. But like we're it's fantasy. So I, I'm not going to I'm not going to beat Stephanie Meyer up for that since that is like the genre. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it, it's tough to watch it played out on screen. And it makes the sex stuff a little a little uncomfortable for me personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Let's talk. Let's talk about other stuff in Twilight that isn't sex. That would, I want to talk sure. about the werewolves. Yeah, let's, let's get into the werewolves. <laughs> uh, but before we do that, let's check the group message. Right. Taylor, I believe we have a jumbotron yeah. this week. Yes, we do. Uh, so. This is this is a really cool message. This message is for everyone, and it is from um, Joe Whitaker, and friend of the show, friend of the show, mm-hmm. friend of many of our shows. Hi, Joe. Uh, Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Uh, Joe says my wife is an ER nurse, and my son is immunocompressed. I want to say thank you to all the doctors, nurses, teachers, blood plasma donors, flu vaccine recipients, and mask wearers for helping us keep this world semi safe. Thank you, and happy spoopy season. Oh, that's super nice. Very nice. nice. Yes, I I concur. Thank you, everybody who's working hard to keep us safe this year. That means you too, Sid. Oh, well, thank you. You're a doctor. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for donating plasma today. Yeah, Yeah. I do what I can. Yeah, I'm just Riley. My mask. Thank you for wearing (laughs) a mask. (laughs) Not currently. Thank you for not partying. Yes, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Uh. We also this week want to tell you about uh, Native. Um, you work really hard, whether you're working at home, whether you're working out of your dorm room, whether you're working at an actual place of work, um, and you want to reward yourself with products that mirror your lifestyle, that feel good and make you feel good. And Native has ingredients that uh, are going to make you feel good, like coconut oil, shea butter, tapioca starch. It's vegan. It's never tested on animals. They've got over 10 cents, including seasonal scents like <gasps> pumpkin spice latte. Oh, my gosh. Uh, everybody has. Uh, everybody will find a scent they like with Native. Their most popular classic scents are coconut and vanilla, lav- lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, citrus and herbal. Um, we've told you many times that coconut and vanilla is a fave around here. Mm-hmm. Um, it really smells so good. It's that tropical escape you need in your pits as the weather turns cold. <laughs> That's a good tagline. Sniff, yeah. sniff. Can, ah, summer. <laughs> you can use that if you want, Native. It's risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S. and 
free 30-day returns and exchanges. So if you want to make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout for 20% off your first order. You know what I've discovered recently? What? So not all mattresses and pillows are created equal. That's true. They're all made differently. But I want to talk about purple mattresses. Not the color. Right. The company. Purple. They make mattresses. They make mattresses and pillows. And, pillows. Um, and they make their mattresses out of their purple grid, which sets them apart from all other mattresses. It's a patented comfort technology that adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. It has over 1,800 open-air channels designed to neutralize body heat, and it provides a great, unique cooling effect, which I love, personally. You wake up in the middle of the night, you get all hot and sweaty, you gotta flip your pillow over the cool side. There's no, no cool side with purple, because it's all the cool side. Hey, that's right. It's just always cool, because um, of the cooling effect I just told you about. It's all cool. <laughs> um <laughs> Also, they have pillows. Very eloquent. And they're all engineered with the grid for total head and neck support and absolute airflow. Oh, so you're always on the cool side of the pillow. I didn't realize the copy already said that. I came up with it the first time. So, you know, um, I it's didn't still steal plagiarism. It. I'm sorry. It was unintentional. But we're sorry, pillow. Uh, we're purple. sorry, purple. <laughs> Your pillow technology is so great. We came up with it even before you told us <laughs> um thank you purple we, we received some little squares of their their purple grid um and it is very cool it's very squishy very flexible mm -hmm. very comfy um i highly i highly recommend i was very impressed i've never felt a mattress like this before so what should our so listeners do <laughs> listeners uh if you want to experience the purple grid you should go to purple.com slash buffering 10 and use promo code buffering 10 for a limited time you'll get 10 percent off any order of 200 dollars or more that's purple.com slash buffering 10 promo code buffering 10 for 10 percent off any order of 200 dollars or more so i think if we're going to talk about like we, we've kind of tease twilight here for a while and and mention some of the things that bother us especially as we get older i think that it's always easy to look back at things like this and start to like take a more critical eye about how like things like relationships and love and sex and that kind of stuff is presented um among younger people because then it will appeal to younger people and so that's when it starts to become like concerning mm -hmm. uh but when a lot of people read these books they were younger right. Yeah. And I have to imagine that this idea that what captured so many people's imaginations was this idea that we've always seen vampires presented in media as like, kind of like you were saying, Tay, like this other thing altogether, like not wholly human. They're like, and that they're, they're, they're a little bit dangerous, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like capable of things that are bad mm -hmm. and a little scary, but cool. Whereas these vampires are like, what if they just wanted to like go to high school and, you know, play baseball and drive a Volvo? Yeah. Would that be so bad? Then you could just go to high school with them and maybe they would fall in love and with you. you wouldn't even know. And I think that was like the thing, like it was appealing. It was that whole like, 
you might feel like you're just a regular girl, but then what if a special vampire in school fell in love with you? <laughs> and I think teenagers love that. Right? I love that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, my thought process reading it the first time wasn't that in-depth as a young person. It was mostly just like, <gasps> a dreamy vampire and a dreamy werewolf both love me. <laughs> what will I ever do? <laughs> That was a world where, like, that was my only problem. Uh huh. That was that was nice, right? Well, and I, I mean, I think that there's there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's you're you're right, and that it does take some of the inherent danger out of both of those, you know, archetypes of horror, and makes them mm-hmm. sexy young men, and that is the the, the appeal. I, I don't like. I'm not. You know, I'm not saying these movies are terrible and bad and wrong. I just, you know, it's. It's hard as an adult. Maybe this is it. Because I'm watching these as, uh, you know, in my 30s. It makes me uncomfortable to see what is very definitely a teen fantasy played out on screen. But I'm not faulting any teen that had that fantasy. Right. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And, like, that is, like, to pretend like there's not something in a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us, that's like, oh, the idea that these two beautiful men who are also mythical creatures <laughs> would be would be both deeply hopelessly in love with me at the same time yeah. is appealing i mean of course like yeah for a, for a lot of us there's a little part that goes eh, okay i get it all right that's kind of cool i mean i i always liked it better as we progressed and bella became a vampire because then like she had a little more agency yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe that's just the thing is that look. Cause, I mean, it's it's weird for me because I think the, even the power dynamic play in this, you know, where he's all powerful and it's dangerous because he might he loves her so much, but he might hurt her. Like that, there's a role play aspect that is fine for consenting adults, but when there's kids involved, it's just like it's hard. Uh, yes, but mm-hmm. when when yes. then there's the wish fulfillment of now she has even stronger than him. There's that flipped script later in the movies where she becomes a vampire, and because young vampires are stronger than old vampires, suddenly she's stronger than him. And mm-hmm. like that's a little bit, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit easier to watch. Uh, I don't know. It's... Yeah, and you you know they build to that with the idea that Edward can read minds, but the only mind he can't read is Bella's. Mm-hmm. And so she is somewhat shielded from him at all times, um, which I guess is a power, sort of. <laughs> She's so mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is like, and, and it is a very, kind of like you said, it, it is uh, somewhat heteronormative in the sense that like early on, the goal of both our male characters is just to protect this girl, like mm-hmm. at all costs. She is so weak and incapable of everything. Just protect her. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, not like... Not great. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I. it's totally, it is a harmless and popular fantasy. The idea of like, I have two hot dudes that are competing over me and fighting over me and they both want to save me. I, I get it. Like, I'm not, that's fine. That's, that's totally fine. It's just, it's not for me, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Sure. Now, Sydney, there is another man in this movie that you felt a personal connection to. That you informed us you oh, very yeah. personally related oh, to. Bella's dad. Yes. <laughs> Charlie. 
I think is one of the better characters in the I would agree. I yeah. Charlie is always drinking giant cans of beer. Yeah. Um that's the number one thing you know about Charlie. Number well, and two, he has a good mustache. Yeah. He has a good Okay, number 2, good mustache. Number 3, <laughs> always kind of angry. Not sure why. Just seems kind of angry constantly. Yeah. I feel I felt a kinship with Charlie. I was like that's kind of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Generally angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with a big beer. With a big beer. With you a big have our beer, I believe. Okay, yeah. I I felt he says at one point, like, I've got a six pack of R's. <laughs> Vitamin R. That's what he says. Vitamin R. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, the, I felt really bad for... Because I, I agree. I like Charlie's character. Uh, I liked, actually, a lot of the human characters I thought were... Well, they, they were more likable than the, the people that I think were supposed to be sexy and mysterious. <laughs> like, I like Charlie. I liked... Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, what's the... Uh, Anna, Anna Kendrick? Kendrick's character. Like the friends uh, that, that yeah the friends so Stacy I don't probably remember. not I don't but remember definitely but I also Stacey. like that character <laughs> she she didn't remember being in the film so I don't feel bad about not remembering yeah. her no. character's name but I, yeah I thought like that was those were all nice characters and specifically like Charlie I felt so bad for him where because like Bella's choosing between like you know when she chooses to be a vampire and she's going to become a vampire that comes with a caveat and then you're gonna tell we're gonna tell your dad that you died. And that's just yeah. going to be it. Like, not like you're going to be able to live your human life until it becomes apparent you're not aging. And then maybe you need to tell him, yo, dad, I'm a vampire. No, no. We're going to traumatize your father. And she's just like, well, I'm in love. So, OK. Like, yeah, there, there is. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, I mean, and I think it it feels really obvious to me in the in the first movie how when she towards the end is like just like bite me and let's not like bite me like <laughs> literally like literally please bite, bite me. me and like make me a vampire and then we'll be together forever and it's like it's uh, you're just i don't know that you know when he says like the like the patronizing like you don't know what you're asking i'm at home like as a mom like yeah <laughs> dr- drinking a beer going you don't know what you're asking <laughs> <laughs> listen honey edward's right mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe slow it down. Well, I, I think that's, and maybe that's just the difference, is that these movies are made to appeal to, when you're a teenager, those feelings feel so real that you could have your, you could think that's the right choice. You know, you, right. you, yeah. you feel so much, you're like, it's a hard sacrifice, but of course I'm going to throw away all of my, like, humanly connections and be with this person that I love. And there's not a second, like, kind of you know angle to the movie that is aware of the fact that when you're young things feel more intense so that's why Mm -hmm. you know that's why i I can't i can say my opinions but i understand it's not made for me it's made for younger people and that's okay because that is how you feel that is what you do and the movie is just a fantasy fulfillment in that direction Mm -hmm. yeah and Um, and i don't mm -hmm. think there's anything wrong with like making um big budget things with great actors and you know beautiful scenery and all this putting time and effort into something that's aimed at teenagers and especially like a lot of teenage girls like mm-hmm. you know that's fine yeah. i have no problem with that i don't think it's it's wor- like we've talked about a lot on this show it's not worthy of ridicule simply because it's aimed at a demo that isn't you yeah yeah well and um, go no please right this is your oh, topic no. and i feel like please tell us what about you love about this i mean 
I think part of the reason I loved it, and this is not me being like cheesy, this is true, is because it was one of the first things that I had also read at the same time as Sydney. And I remember we went to at least like one or two of the midnight premieres of the movies Mm -hmm. together. Um, So it was one of the first times I felt like a big kid. So I was like, oh, I'm reading a big kid book. I'm not reading a kid book. I'm reading a big kid book. Um, But also I just like it was I've reread it multiple times since then, just because for me, it is one of those things that is kind of dumb and it doesn't totally make sense at all times. And it's not like the most compelling, gripping, like life-changing story you're ever going to read like it's not going to be like a classic piece of literature you have to read to understand like english as a language or whatever but it's just one of those things you can read that's like a nice place to be for a little bit it's like in this i know i know how this is gonna go i know how this is gonna turn out there's nothing unexpected or scary here like yeah they're vampires and werewolves but they're not that bad it's it's why that part in the in the movie uh, in the last movie when they have the fake out battle mm-hmm. where they pretend yeah in when, the in the movie and yeah did you frankly that did you scene fall was for that? so cool I I I thought that's what was yes I was like oh wow the stakes just got intense yeah and honestly like that plot device that it was just all in uh, oh Alice yeah I liked yeah. Alice Alice was I like my Alice girl. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was a super well done scene and a really cool plot device. Yeah, I thought that was a really I remember watching that in the theater mm-hmm. and being just totally aghast. Like, yeah. oh, how could you deviate? No, you what can't. What is going on? What are you doing? I mean, just like <laughs> so upset until I realized it was a fake out. And I yeah. was like, oh, all right. You got me. That was good. That was, that good. was good. You got I mean, like that was well done. It was yeah. well done. Um, and it's. I, I will say, too, like, they're beautiful movies. Mm-hmm. Everyone in them is beautiful, and the setting is beautiful. Like, you just want to go and live in Forks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is awfully cloudy. I would miss the sun. But still, like... No, I like that. Forks <laughs> has, like, my ideal weather all the time year-round. <laughs> the forest there? Oh, my gosh. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. Oh. Of course, I will say, I, and and we should probably all make this clear where you stand... I was always firmly team Jacob, personally. Mm. I was always very team Edward. Mm. Uh, I'm team team Bella should spend some years working on herself and (laughs) coming into her own and and then then maybe decide not when she's a teenager. But Mm -hmm. but that's that's real life. And that's you know, I think it's funny because I was I think I was mentally comparing it to the Hunger Games and I don't know, maybe because it's two popular series that were meant to appeal to teen girls and star teen girls. And the Hunger Games has a sort of political edge to it. It has a very like there's a lot of uh ideas about morality that you can kind of get behind with hunger mm-hmm. games that twilight does does not have but like why does media why do why does media specifically for teenage girls need to pass some sort of there's 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 fiber here there's good content or else you can't enjoy it like why does it need to pass that standard and it doesn't actually Mm-mm. like yeah it doesn't it is there yes like like sid said they're beautifully shot it's it's a fantasy fulfillment there's definitely some sort of toxic ideas about relationships that as long as you don't take to heart and understand that they just exist in a fantasy world, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. So, you know, but I'm not I'm not going to break the tie, though, because I actually I thought both of them had were not attractive. I, I can't I I liked Alice. I was team Bella and Alice. <laughs> just 
show up. Although, I will say. I also uh, like the, the Southern boy. I thought he was cool, too. They could just go and just. Jasper? Jasper. Oh, yeah, Jasper. Jasper was always my favorite vampire. I like Jasper more than Edward always. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would have been fine with just Jasper, Alice, and Bella just learning about life together. That's a different yeah. fanfic, though. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. I just always thought you probably like, like Carlisle, right? Yeah, like I, I did uh, Eternal so, Doc. So that was what I was thinking about, like the idea that you can live forever and do anything because you have like superpowers and like apparently all the money in the world too. They managed to yeah accumulate somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I guess if you live long enough. Uh, but they uh, but like so they choose to go to high school over and over again is what those vampires the kid vampires do they're not mm-hmm. kids they're not no. kids but they choose to just keep going to high school I think that sounds like a bummer personally I would not choose that no I think that sounds like I don't know why that would be your choice but being a doctor forever would actually be pretty fulfilling because like you would get to learn so much and watch medicine evolve real time and like I mean, I guess you'd know all the like the personally really bad stuff you did before Mm -hmm. because you didn't know better. And then like you watch science progress and you're like, wow, that was really awful that Mm -hmm. I used to treat you that way. I don't we didn't know what we were doing. But still, that would be really cool. Yeah, (laughs) I guess part of it, though, is like (laughs) I guess if I could live forever, I would just if you could be a vampire. I mean, part of it, though, is you don't get to choose when you become a vampire. Right. Well, I guess Bella did. But, like, the rest of them didn't. So, Carlisle was a grown-up. So, like, him <laughs> being a doctor forever was believable. Like, this man looks like he could be old enough to be a doctor. But if you're 17, you might not always look, you know, like, at a certain point, people through your medical, like, school career, and then your career are going to be like, this dude doesn't Isn't ever it, age. Do, do you think it's interesting that, like, they bring up the idea of an immortal child, in the in mm-hmm. the in the later series, like it is so in this vampire lore, which is unique vampire lore, I would say, it is not okay to turn a kid into a vampire. That's bad. Right. Yes. That's like the the one thing that you can get in a lot of trouble for, mm-hmm. it seems like. And um and they think that Bella and Edward have done this because they had a baby. Renesme. <laughs> the CGI horrible baby. The teeth that are just there on that baby (laughs) right away is a lot. Uh, But what does their definition of a child? Because technically Edward was 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's true. Like you are locked into being 17 forever, which is like cool in terms of like, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Is it cool in terms of anything? Well, I mean, if you're Edward, you look like Robert Pattinson. So that's cool. I guess, but it's like, you're not even technically an adult. You don't, I mean. Well, but I mean, I, I don't know. I think that that's, I guess yeah, if I you guess look like true. Robert Pattinson. But you are kind of condemning them. Like if they want to be part of normal society, do they have to just go to high school forever? That, oof. How do they get like a believable like birth certificate or driver's license or something? Because like, what's their date of birth? It's like a hundred years ago. Well, they can just talk people into things, right? Isn't that oh, part of that's their... that's true, that's true. They like charm you? Yeah, well then I guess it really wouldn't matter what age you are. <laughs> right? You can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah, because to be fair, there are a lot of 17-year-olds out there that I'd be like, eh, 25, maybe? Let me see your ID. Like, yeah. I, you know. That's true. That's true. Like, no, but was anyone in that movie actually the age that Oh, there's no way Robert Pattinson was 17 years old. No, no. hold on, no. I need to research. No, this I don't very think he, I don't think he was 17. I don't um, think that uh, uh, Kristen Stewart was 17. 
Okay, the I, first Taylor movie Lautner was younger. Came out in 2008, which is 12 years ago. And Robert Pattinson is currently 34. So he was 22. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's not too far off. It's my age. Um, yeah. And Kristen Stewart is currently 30. So Kristen Stewart was 18 hmm. in the first movie. So basically. Well. Um, but so don't you think it get, this This is a just a, a vampire doctor specific question. If you knew that you had a cure to all illness by biting somebody, but it would come with the eternal life, you know, secondary condition, I guess. Wouldn't that be hard? Like, would you let people die from conditions knowing you could save them? Is that in some way a bad physician? You know, that's, it's, what you're, I think, hitting at is that there are so many uh, characters and ideas presented in the Twilight lore. (laughs) Because because you're taking this idea that you have vampires who just desperately want to live like mundane human lives, except over and over again for all eternity. Um, you get like, I, th- I want to see that movie. Could we please explore that? Like, yeah. let's talk about that for a whole book series and film series, like what that would be like. Because yet, I mean, on one hand, yes. But on the other hand, Carlisle, much like Edward, they have some sort of religious beliefs. Mm hmm that guide some of their actions. Like with Carlisle, some of it is doing, it's like this intrinsic morality, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But then some of it, like Edward talks in very like Judeo-Christian terms about, you know, bad and good and right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I was not asking you, Siri. Um, but I, I think that like, Carlisle also probably has some of that that he's yeah. like putting into his work. I don't know. That's interesting. I, I, Yeah, I mean, you couldn't all the time because you're kind of making them maybe demons. We don't know. And also, what if you what if you turn a bunch of people and they decide not to follow in your footsteps but go eat other people? Mm-hmm. Which apparently happens. Then you've, no, you've done net harm. Yeah. What? So I don't know. These are fascinating questions. <laughs> I mean, that's like, like his family, Carlisle's family. I mean, like, you know, the... Main, main sparkly boy. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, Edward. Edward. Uh, like, <laughs> he turns it because he's, he's, he's dying of, what does he have? He has he's some sort of uh, disease. The Spanish flu, yeah, right? Yeah, he's part of the Spanish flu yeah. pandemic. Yeah. So, so he made the choice that it's better for him to live eternally mm-hmm. as a bl- blood-consuming demon than to die of the Spanish flu at, a, at the age of 17. I, I, it's an interesting moral call. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think that there are, I think Alice's story would be fascinating to explore more. Mm -hmm. You get little hints that like she was in like a psych hospital or something at some point before she was turned. And like you get little hints of what might have been going on with her. Um, Jasper has that whole weird civil war story going on. Um, Rosalie's story is intense. Mm -hmm. That's an intense story that you could explore more. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember anything about Emmett. I think a bear. I forgot about Emmett. There was a bear, maybe. <laughs> vampire bear? Was he turned? Is that the what? bear bit him and turned him into a vampire. Is that why he's so big? It was a bear? <laughs> I, I don't remember. I think a bear got him. I don't really remember. Um, <laughs> did I we ever learn remember. where Esme came from? There are stories remember. among all these people. 
I mean, that maybe would they're. Be, in the I want to hear the story of the really bored remember. Volturi. Remember the one Volturi? His entire deal is that he just sits there looking incredibly bored yeah. because he's been alive so long that abs- there is literally nothing interesting to him left. That is a story I need to hear. Is he the one who, in the vision, when he gets his arms ripped off, he's like, finally. <laughs> like, yes, I'm yeah. donezo. I'm dead. Oh, thank thank this werewolf. I'm dead. I, that, okay. Uh, yes. I just, these are the stories I want to hear. Instead, that there was another book that was the short, sad, unfortunate, something of Brie. Mm-hmm. Remember, there was this other story about the v- little vampire Bree. Oh, mm-hmm. was that who the, is? Yeah, yeah. So that is a short story on the side that you can read. That is very sad. I read it and then I was sad. It's very um, sad. And then, of course, there's the new book that's out, Midnight Sun, about Edward. Like it's, it's just the Twilight story from his perspective. Yeah. Um, but I want to hear these other stories. That this is the world that you this know. Is what? Sydney's call to Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Meyer did a lot of world building. And we need more. <laughs> right? Uh, I would also like to add, this is unrelated. Um, Taylor Lautner was only 16 in the first movie. Oh, wow. Mm. I feel like that's important to put out there because he's shirtless a lot in that movie. I he's was, only 16. That I, I was going to just say that poor character, but I guess that's what I mean. Because I, I think it was a, I think the writing of the character was really fun. Like, I think he was a fun mm-hmm. character. But the amount of time, the amount of excuses they had for him to just not be wearing a lot of clothes, yep. to be a a very young person, I I did, I just felt like that was not fair. Like I get that he's a yep. werewolf, but like he's also he's a young human boy. Can we not parade him around <laughs> all the time naked? And also, yeah, yeah. Once again, it's that's... for teenagers. It's not for me. So that's why no. that's fine, but also not fine for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Well, and then you, when you get into the Jacob storyline, then we get into Renesme and yo, oh, but she's a baby and he's everything yeah, is a lot there. Yeah, yeah, okay. The moment when Bella yeah. is a vampire and so she's like beating up on Jacob because she just found mm-hmm. out that he imprinted on her baby, and her her angry attack is. You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness monster because he calls her Ness- Nessie. Like that's her thing, mm-hmm. and it's like a real line that's said in a real movie for dramatic pause. And I'm just like, what is this? What are these movies? <laughs> well, you gotta They're remember <laughs> they told us what they were the moment in that first film <laughs> when Bella drops the apple <laughs> on the ground in the cafeteria. It bounces off of Edward's shoe. And magically lands in his hands, just like the cover of the first book. And he reaches out to her with the apple. And it's like, do you get it? It's like, Eve, do you get... And the apple, do you get it? He's evil. Do do you see it? (laughs) (laughs) And now she's going to be evil. She'll bite it soon. Do you get it? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's like I like that the kind of ideas to why everything like, like why they were so attracted to each other and why everything happened with Bella is Bella was born to be a vampire yes <laughs> was, you were meant to be a vampire once again total teen fantasy totally understand definitely if I these books had come out when I'd been like 14 15 probably would have been like yes me too but it's like no it's just because you're like kind of you fall down a lot and you're you're kind of awkward like I don't know why <laughs> 
<laughs> I was always clumsy as a human, so I knew I was meant to be a vampire. Oh, no. <laughs> Either that or Sailor Moon. Those are the two things you become when you're clumsy. Mm-hmm. See, I went, with, I went in the other direction. So You, you, know, you went Sailor Moon. That's what I hope. Uh, or Velma. Oh, well, there's me. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the best choice, I think. Even... Well, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Riley, thank, thank you, you all for letting for... us talk oh, about yeah, Twilight. Yeah, thank you all for watching Twilight. No, and I, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I, I, I made a lot of jokes, but I did. I, I enjoyed them in the same way I enjoy some of my favorite Halloween movies in that they're bad, but they're good. Like, I yeah. laughed. Mm-hmm. I was entertained. I will definitely watch these movies again. And also, anything that brought you, Riley, joy as fantasy, that's all it had to do to get my seal of approval. Well, thanks, Tay. Yeah, I will always always love the Twilight books and movies. I will watch them. I will probably read them again. Um, I just started reading them again. (laughs) I will always fast forward past the moment where he calls Bella a spider monkey, because that's a lot. But other than that one moment... (laughs) There are a lot of Hang on, that are Hang on, spider alive. monkey. <laughs> I'm going to leap on some trees like vampires do. <laughs> anyway. But I love them. Mm-hmm. All um, right. Sydney, what's next? It's, it took us 20 minutes to figure out the number of weeks in a month. Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, well, I'm, I'm on hospital service. I'm tired. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Scream. Yeah. Yes. Uh, again, I think... We should probably focus on the first, but I, the whole trilogy seems... I'm going to end up watching well, yeah, all of and them. And there's a fourth one, too. There's a... Oh, yeah. I, uh, and there was an MTV Teen TV series. Oh, that's right. And there's a new one coming out, right? Mm-hmm. What? What? But we should focus on the original trilogy, right? Yeah. Because yes. the, four, the fourth one came a while later. It, it, just, it just came out, I think, uh, maybe in the last... Well, I was going to say recently, I think in the last decade, but it's definitely like the main characters are now in their 30s where they started out in high school. And, you know, you have a new younger Mm -hmm. group that's more in the younger age. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't don't, focus on the trilogy. Yeah. Also, because we talked about Scooby-Doo and didn't bring up Matthew Lillard. And I'm upset about that. So now Mm. we can talk about Matthew Lillard. Mm -hmm. Perfect. (laughs) It all comes full circle. Yep. Well, thank you both. This was fun. Um, I enjoyed watching Twilight and making Justin watch about 10 minutes of it before he bailed. Ah, that was it. <laughs> that was it. Um, he'll watch Scream, though. Uh, thank you, listeners. You uh, can email us at stillbuffering@maximumfun.org if you have thoughts or suggestions or questions or comments. You can tweet at us at stillbuff. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. That's the network that we're on. And you should go to maximumfun.org because there are lots of great podcasts that you would enjoy listening to. Uh, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I am too. <laughs> like Bill Nye is like a sentient car or something. What? In the Scooby-Doo movie? Yes. That's a lot. I don't know. We're going back to Twilight. <laughs> Bill Nye is in Twilight. Is, is Bill Nye an eternal scientist? Is that what you're telling us? I hope so. Is that what you would do if you were a vampire? Yeah. Yes. I, I hope Bill Nye is a vampire just so he can be around forever. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Taylor Smurl, and I know what you're thinking. This music does not sound like Meet the Boozecast, and you're right, it does not. That's because this is an all-new Meet the Boozecast. Now, I'll still be here, Taylor Smurl, pro New York bartender. I will be serving you knowledge as well as cocktails, but I will also have a new co-host. Hi, that's me, Tommy Smurl. I'm Tay's dad. While I'm not a bartender, I do have almost 50 years of experience drinking, (laughs) as well as learning its history and trivia. So, well, we might sound a little different. We will still be the booze cast that you've come to love. Uh, So join us every Thursday on... Neat! (laughs) I'm calling this round two, drinking with my dad. Cheers! You like that? (laughs) Yeah. Then please join Tay and I, starting at episode 60. All right. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.